Hanson Stowell. And I'm Matt Sparks. And welcome to the Film Exchange, where two friends and film enthusiasts talk about the movies that inspire us. Today we have a special guest. Please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. A guest we have had on before, Mr. Junting Joe. So glad to be back. Yes. I know, it's been so long. <laughs> it's been so long. Now it's almost winter. Yeah, Junting Joe is a cinematographer, filmmaker, and a lover of delicious noodle soup. He is originally from Guangzhou, China, but he moved to New York in 2015 and has been based there and making amazing films there ever since. Thank you for being here, Junting. Thank you. And today's film is a film that is very dear to me. Uh, it's a film by the legendary filmmaker Edward Yang, uh, his magnum opus Yi Yi, which translates to a one and a two in English. Often considered one of the best films of the 2000s, and if not of all time, Yi Yi follows each member of a middle-class family in Taipei as they seek to reconcile past and present relationships within their daily lives. This is Jenting's pick. Jenting, why did you pick this film? This film definitely one of my favorites um, of all time. So dear to me, I, I so personal to me, this film. It feels like my life. And also Brooklyn Academy of Music just screened it on the original 35 millimeter print. So I just revisited it in the theater. So on my birthday, it um, also theater. was my birthday. Yes, um, so that's why I pick Yi uh, Yi. Yeah, and I was with Jinting at that screening. So this is one of my favorite movies, and I'm almost hesitant to talk about it on the podcast because it's just so special. It's something that you could have a whole podcast about, just focus on this movie, I feel like. So I always just felt like a little bit of an undertaking to have it on. But I'm very happy to take on this topic with you guys but yeah Genting and I were at the same screening for Genting's birthday and it was a sold out theater um it was a very different experience seeing this movie I think particularly with that audience there was a lot of laughing which surprised me for scenes I didn't quite think were that like laugh out loud hilarious like to me this film feels very meditative and kind of spiritual in a way the audience kind of saw it a little bit differently than I had seen in the past but <laughs> I mean it's a movie that touches on everything it starts with the wedding yeah uh, and it ends with the funeral it touches on you know every aspect of life in a way so the first time I watched this movie was um, after my grandmother passed away in 2016 that was um, six years ago so that was the first time I watched it and I cry for the almost a whole movie and then, then I, I watched I think that was the fifth time I watched this movies my my grandfather who passed away also he was um, paralyzed on bed because of stroke for almost a decade and that was exactly what we did in real life we will go to his bed and talk to him he wouldn't respond but we still talk to him and we just start it was good to you know to stimulate his mind and we did that i don't know if matt remember but i sent out an invitation uh, for my birthday uh yee watching and i i have this picture of me when i was a kid playing with a camera a tripod and i i wore a, a mickey mouse shirt and that was exactly a shirt that yang yang wear 
in the movie, and he also loves camera. It just there's so many things in that movie that it basically it was my life. I watched it, and I feel like it was my life. I mean, not 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 that melodramatic um, in many aspects, but it's a movie that it's so it's like part of my identity. I feel like that whoever to watch with me, I feel like I I share my life with those people. I've now seen this film four times though matt was the very first person to introduce me to it and it's funny because i have sort of the same response every time um i've started it which is whoa this movie is like three hours long what it never feels like that it always goes by so fast and i think it feels like you get absorbed into this world and invited in there's a lot of rewatch value I i thought it was a film about yang yang the, the little boy. And then interestingly enough, like the second time around, I felt like it was more about Mr. Zhang, you know, the father and his sort of love. But this time I got to kind of focus on the, the teenagers, the daughter. It, it can easily become a favorite and that you can continue to find different things that you love about it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to just keep praising the film, you know, like I guess that's what the show's for. I mean, it's interesting because you watch a movie in different time of the life, you feel different thing about it. Usually I really love it, but actually this time I watched um, Yi Yi, I, I, I found out, okay, so the first thing I noticed is Edward Yang is actually not very good at female characters. Actually, all the female characters in this movie, they're all the same. You know, they're all like a stereotype of woman that's like really emotionally depending on men. Miming, Miming, the mother, yes, and also the daughter who desperate to get a boyfriend i think i think yang yang is always the character that i i will go back to because i think that yang yang is like a i hate to say it but he's also a symbol you know it's a it's a symbol of purity of curiosity of the best part of human being that we forgot when we after we grow up we just forgot about that part he's the artist of the family yang yang yes he is he's the one he's the edward yang of the family <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, he's the one that, that brought, you know, bring lives, bring new new perspective to the family yeah. while everybody's so busy with their own business. Like the dad was actually inspired by his son in the movie. I, I always go back to because I feel like Yang Yang is a character that I don't want to forget about myself, that I, I want to still be a little kid inside. So I was wondering what is your favorite scene if you had to choose? One scene is that when grandmother passed away, that uh, Ting Ting saw her in her dream. That scene is also, it also hits me. It, but they all re- relate to my personal life. I get, I get goosebumps every time of that scene. Like, I just hold my breath. Because it's not the usual way that people portray passings in films. I feel like the way that he showed the moment grandmother passed away is so real to me, but also so gentle. It's a dream, you know? It's a dream, and he, 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 he has moved on. And also, I was talking about some friends the other day, and she asked me this question. Is it okay that people... People, if you make a really realistic film and then you act, and you suddenly just add some like magical or, or surrealism in the middle or the end of the film, is that okay? And I was like, well, that's exactly what this film is doing. <laughs> like at that point, it's like it, it feels completely right to do. I, I can't see a different way for this film to portray death. That's, that the idea of that cycle of life is sort of what's great about 
the way that this film kind of is bookended, but every sort of rung and chapter that people go through, whether that's through the aperture of an older married couple, whether that's through the aperture of the elderly about to exit this world, whether that's through the aperture of the very, very, very young who are just at the beginning. And I think that's why it's beautiful that it's Yang Yang in the end, who's gets to kind of deliver that final tearjerker of a speech because it's sort of a connecting for me this this beautiful circular moment but genting i wanted to ask you real quick what was your reaction to the audience that we watched it with and you know at bam and the sold out theater because to me that felt like a very different experience of the movie so have you seen um tokyo stories by ozu yes yes do you remember in the end, there's a scene where the the, the daughter-in-law, you know, the only good girl in the film, that's so gentle to the grandparents. And in the end, the youngest daughter asks her, is it life so disappointing? And then she just smiles like an angel and look at the camera. I mean, not at the camera, but like up above the camera. And she right. said, yes, you remember that scene? That's like a, one of the most um, hitting scenes that when I watched it with my roommate who was American and he laughed I was so confused I was like that's such a sad scene and how can you laughed and that's the same thing actually in BAM because there's so many moments that I see as like really sad but people just laugh about it that's my t- my take from that is I feel like most of American audience they're so used to being told what to feel but I feel like in a lot of Asian cinema it can be a different way like when it's sad the characters actually might feel happy they can show like smile they can they can be laughing but it's a sad scene for them they actually feel sad inside it's it's like they suppress the sadness which make it more sad i think a lot of people here they're not used to it so when they saw those scenes they are not sure how to react to it i feel like that's how i how i feel about it i feel like people are not they don't see this kind of scenes often on screen here. but when i watched it by myself i totally felt like the way you describe it i just didn't think a lot of those scenes were funny and i was just so weirded out in the theater like for example brand like i was gonna say tell branson one of the scenes that everyone was rolling on the floor laughing for when they're in japan the hotel room when the when the sherry was confronting him they're laughing at that and then they're laughing and then halfway through it they realize it wasn't like a funny scene do you think that this film that everybody can take something from this film that that ye is some uh, as a kind of film that you could recommend to everybody i feel like this film still require a certain amount of active viewing that you actually need to figure out what's going on and also it requires certain amount of life experience to fully understand you know the depth of emotions i'm not going to you know recommend to like you know 18 year old <laughs> you know also like like i showed it to my parents my mom couldn't get it although like our lives you know like it's the same life you know we have the same experience but she couldn't get it because she was like that's it <laughs> she was like what is this film about maybe that's why i like i want certain people in my life to love this movie like i do but they, they just don't watch movies in that way which is fine it takes an active viewer i used to not understand um i'm not if you guys i'm not sure if you guys um familiar with ho xiao xian 
He's like another Taiwanese、um, filmmaker. He's usually the guy who people compare Edward Young with. Like there are these two giants in Taiwanese filmmaking. That's Hou Xiaoxian and Edward Young. Hou Xiaoxian is still alive,、um, but Edward Young passed away. They always compare them together, and they would say like, "Oh, Hou Xiaoxian is like is much more." Free, like his filmmaking is much more free, much more sentimental, much more maybe even like improvisational. And then they will put Ever Young as a very surgical, very precise, just completely different approach. I used to not understand why people say that. I don't understand why they say Edward Young is surgical because when I watch his film, they feel so sentimental. They're so so sensitive. But this time I watch it. I totally understand why people say Edward Young is a surgical because every scene, every blocking, every moment is so precise. There's no room for improvisation there. Actually, but once a camera is set, it's not going to move. Each frame, each scene is is there, and the whole film is structured meticulously, like one after another, one scene after another. Everything is like really carefully neat. And and that this time I I, I understand like what kind of、uh, filmmaker he is because people usually say Edward Young is like a he's, he make movie like like doing maths you know everything is calculated. I think it's probably、uh, worth mentioning. Sadly, this is his last movie. Sadly, I don't think he planned for it to be his last movie. He was diagnosed with cancer like five years after it was released. I read was reading what he did afterwards. He made a production company. He was producing a. Animated film that was supposed to come out before he got diagnosed、uh, with Jackie Chan was never able to <laughs> be released. Really interesting. Very I would love to the, see that. The Edward、yeah. Yang of Yi Yi. But also, this this was nominated for the Palme d'Or, but lost to Dancer in the Dark.、What? I think this is a much better film than. I I love Dancer in the Dark. I love Dancer in the Dark. But I think after so many years, you revisit all these films like. Like it's apparently Yi Yi stands like on a much、True. solid ground. And also in the mood for love was that year too. There's there are a lot of good films that year. Busy、uh, good year. All right, well that was our episode on Yi Yi.、Uh, thank you, Genting, for being a guest on the show. Genting, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on my Instagram, Genting underscore Joe. And also, I have a website. Just my name again, Juntingjoe dot com. I have my work of cinematography and also my short films up there. If you want to check out. And thank you, Matt and Branson, for hosting. It was such a pleasure to be here and talk about my favorite film of all time. And I hope to come back soon. We'd <laughs> like to have you. Thank you, Junting. Right, everybody. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Jen Ting, for being a guest. Please let us know if there's something that you'd like us to watch.、Uh, you can reach us on Instagram or Twitter at Film Exchange Pod, all one word. I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>